we didn't really want to move around. And so I knew that this was a shift happening. And it was in that moment, though, it was such a shock to hear that because I thought, I think my dancing career is ending. But I, at the same time, I felt this peaceful shift in my heart. And I remember just saying, okay, God, you're, you leave because I, <laughs> I don't really know where I'm supposed to go from here. And that was a very sweet, hard, but critical point in my journey. Hey everyone, it's Mary Demuth from The Restory Show, and today I have Sarah Beth Marr on my show, and I'm so excited we've actually even met in person, which is even more fun. And so Sarah, thanks so much for coming on the show today. You are so welcome, Mary. I'm so excited to be here. It's a blessing. So what kind of what kind of uh, story do you want to share with The Restory listeners today? Well, I actually thought today that I would share the kind of five to eight year journey of... Um, really stepping into um, a place of letting God lead my life. I had kind of known Jesus my whole life, really, but kind of coming to this place of um, letting him actually lead it. And so I'd love to share that story. And it kind of leads into how I ended up where I am today with um, coming out with my first book, Dreaming with God. That's so fun. So when did all of this start or when did you start to begin to realize something was a little weird? Okay. in your relationship with God. Yeah, well, um, I actually, right out of high school, uh, like I said, I had known Jesus from the time I was really a little girl. Um, but right out of high school, I went and danced professionally with a ballet company. Um, and so I was dancing professionally um, kind of in this new world and on my own for the first time. And it was really the first time that um, I realized that um, I, I could actually claim my faith for my own and, and my relationship with Jesus for my, myself. And, um, and I also realized that I desperately needed him. I was felt alone and felt um, a little bit uh, lost in, in this world of ballet that I was in, um, alone in my faith. And, um, and it was really during that kind of, it was about a five-year period where I just started to get to know Jesus more for my own walk with him and started to press into him and started to um, realize that he was so in my life with me. And um, that really began a journey of uh, letting him actually lead it instead of me kind of going, you know, what do I want to do with my life? What, you know, what do I, what am I going to be when I grow up? It came up, I came to a place of really going, wait a second. I, I, I think God really does have a plan for me and he wants to lead me in that. So what kind of critical points did you reach with the Lord in the middle of, I would imagine that there was some stress during your dancing years. <laughs> yes. Um, I loved dancing professionally so much, but there was definitely uh, a lot of pressure, um, pressure to perform uh, close to perfection, uh, pressure to maintain um, kind of this ballerina look and body. Um, and I was not your typical kind of, uh, string bean ballerina. And so um, kind of pressure to maintain that mold. And, um, and really just, um, again, just kind of feeling alone in the real world, I think, for the first time. Um, so those pressures, though, really kind of pushed me to the Lord. And I remember one particular um, a time I can really pinpoint, I was actually um, living at this, this dorm, it was a dorm full of girls. And um, and I felt very, very alone. And my mom actually had given me this 
sweet, sweet, precious book, um, which actually kind of began my love for Christian nonfiction. Um, and it was actually, it's an older book. It's by Judith Couchman. Um, and it was called Designing a Woman's Life. And I remember reading that in the courtyard of this dorm all by myself. And it was um, a book just really about letting God actually lead my life, um, kind of seeing that he had wired me in particular ways. And um, he had um, given me a unique personality and situation and all these different um, pieces of this kind of puzzle and that he actually wanted to use all of that, right, to um, lead me in the plans he had for me. And that was the first time it really um, felt like it um, just really hit me in a fresh way. I think I had heard it, you know, but um, I started to believe it. And that book um, was a pivotal point um, in in me going, okay, you know, I believe this and I believe Jesus has plans for me and I want him to lead instead of me leading. So that was definitely a critical point. Um, and then another critical point it, um, was um, a few years later, um, I'd actually tell the story in, in the book, but um, I'd actually I'd had two sons. I was a mama. This is later. I'd been dancing for about 10 years. And um, I was really struggling with what I think a lot of moms struggle with. Um, just do I keep working? So dancing was my job. Do I keep working? Do I stay home? Do I try to do both? And I was just really in this juggling uh, juggling this decision, wrestling through it with the Lord. And after really just praying about it and seeking the Lord about it, I felt like he gave me kind of this green light to, to go forward and to dance and to be a mom. And so I was all gung-ho and I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to dance, um, you know, finish my career out strong and, and be a mom too. And um, I actually showed up to the first day of that next season um, and we were given the news that the company basically had folded. Oh, and, no. um, and so I kind of went from this exhilarating feeling of God has given me the green light to dance um, and be a mom to the company is just went kaput. And, and most dancers would go find a different company to dance for. But in my world, um, I was a mama and my boys were starting school. My family was here. My husband was established. We didn't really want to move around. And so I knew that this was a shift happening. And it was in that moment, though, it was such a shock to hear that because I thought, I think my dancing career is ending. But I, at the same time, I felt this peaceful shift in my heart. And I remember just saying, okay, God, you're, you lead because I, I don't really know where I'm supposed to go from here. And that was a very sweet, hard, but critical point in, um, in my journey. So I think people can really relate to this and maybe not all of us are dancers. I know I'm not a dancer, but um, I think everyone can relate to this idea of you have this dream, you're going this way, and then suddenly there's a slammed door. What kind of things did you have to work through in your heart, even with your husband or with yourself and with the Lord? And I'm sure that you had the peace in that moment, but there must have been some after wrestling that you, a process that you walked through. For sure. I think for me, it was... Um my it was a, a realization that a lot of my identity was wrapped up in in being a ballet dancer that was who i was it's what i had done for so long and so it was scary to not know what was ahead and um it was i wrestled did i hear god correctly you know did i totally misread his kind of nudges and um i i missed my life as a dancer you know i definitely 
named it. And it probably took me a year and a half to two years to really be okay and back to being peaceful about that. So there was definitely um, some kind of tender moments with the Lord of just saying, I feel sad and just kind of coming to the conclusion too, that that's okay to feel sad. I thought there's something wrong with me that I feel so sad, you know? Um, and then also it, it also really, um, it caused me to evaluate, you know, and, and to suddenly go, God, wait a second. It, it was almost in a way like this, hard but fresh start like I really want your plans for my life and I and um, I want a deeper relationship with you and I want to impact people for you and before it was a lot more about what I was doing and um, so it it really caused me to seek him um, ultimately that's amazing now and in, in that world that you you mentioned it briefly of of having to have a ballerina body <laughs> has, did that, um, did your connection to that or your desire for that look, uh, spill over into your daily life? Um, once you weren't dancing anymore, did you struggle with that body image issue? For sure. I think, um, the, the issue is definitely magnified in an extreme way in the ballet world. So it definitely carried over. It, it took me a long time to kind of let go of the professional mystic tendencies I had. Um, but honestly, it was kind of sweet. Um, having babies <laughs> really <laughs> made, me appreciate, <laughs> made me appreciate how our bodies work. And um, it made me just kind of in awe of God and, and how, you know, how that all worked. It still amazes me. Um, and, um, and I also found, really had to seek the Lord in that. And he actually um, kind of led me to realize that I didn't have to bring those extremities or extremes um, that people were doing in the ballet world to stay thin into the real world, that his way was a way of grace and his way was a way of freedom. Um, so it took me a long time to kind of get into that mode, but um, it's so freeing to um, have a different perspective. I think if I could go back and dance again, I would, you know, definitely have a different um, hopefully a better view that, um, of my body, you know, that God made me in his image that, um, I don't have to go to these extremes. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a little, you know, a battle. Um, but, um, he, again, it drew me closer to him ultimately to realize that he cares about this detail of life too, you know? Yeah. I hear you on that. And, and, you know, that's, that's one thing I want to camp on a little bit about is how do we as Christ followers shed perfectionism and what is the negative thing about being perfectionistic? Mm, yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, yeah, I think one of the sweetest things about the Lord is he doesn't ask us to be perfect and he doesn't ask us to be, um, to strive for this certain expectation. There's, he actually, um, he actually, the weaknesses in us or the perceived weaknesses are the, actually the things that he uses. And so, and it's funny, I think when we try and strive to be perfect in whatever area of our life that it is, it kind of backfires on us after a while, you know? And, um, and so there's such, um, freedom, I think, in backing off of the perfectionism, right? Whether it's in our parenting, our work, our body image, whatever it is, um, and I think, too, what I'm learning is that as we lean back into um, or letting go of that perfectionistic tendency, it actually allows his power and grace to 
to actually come through and to, we were, we actually are able to operate in, in his grace and his power. Whereas when I'm trying to be so perfect in certain things, it just kind of puts him on the sidelines, I think. Right. Now, as a, as a mom, what would you say is your number one struggle? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> it's interesting, as I'm sure you have experienced, it depends, it's, it's been a different struggle for different seasons. Exactly. You know, and, um, and I'll never forget when we were having coffee, you were so encouraging because I have, um, my boys are uh, seven, nine, and 12. So I just remember you, you're, you were telling me the teenage years are actually really sweet and fun. And that was so encouraging because, you know, I, I can hear a lot of negative or and have some negative thoughts about the teenage years, but I really appreciate that about you, that you were like, it's so fun. I really enjoy this season. And I was like, really? like you know, okay. So, um, anyways, I think, you know, of course, when I was a first time mom and, and mothering toddlers and babies, it was the physical exhaustion. That was, mm-hmm, cool. mm-hmm. um, and then, as they've gotten older now, I think it's a little bit more of, I, I find myself worrying what too much about the future, worrying too much how they're going to turn out, worrying too much about the teenage years or, you know, and again, it's kind of this having to let go and trust and just pray for them and trust that God has them. So it's, it's, a, it's definitely a totally different struggle from when they were little. Um, we're, we sleep all night now. So, um, but, you know, of course, it's just my, I worry about their hearts and, you know, their decisions and, and those hard things. Yeah. The older they get, the more the stakes get bigger and their decisions are greater and you worry more about their future because you're not thinking about who do I need to change next in terms of diapers. You're thinking, what kind of worldview will they adopt and what kind of influences do they have? Well, speak to the mom who is... uh who is encumbered by worry, how have you, um, you know, none of us, we're all broken and we all deal with worry. I just got an email today from someone that says, I worry about everything. And so I, I totally get that. Um, but how, what are some strategies you've used to kind of get through the mommy worries? <laughs> Cause I know there are plenty. <laughs> That's such a great question. Um, for me, I've just found that, um, prayer is my, is my peace. And, and of course Christ is my peace, but Prayer is the pathway to his peace and to him. And so, um, and God has shown me that really um, we can pray about anything, whether it's, I mean, potty training, you know, down to that stuff, whether it's delivering the baby or, or, or more, more heart issues, you know, discipline issues, um, all of that, that we can, we can pray about every detail of motherhood. Um, So even in a, in a, broader sense, I think just praying for our kids' relationship with the Lord is is giving me a lot of relief because I think I could pray about this issue and that issue and stay away from these influences and those influences. But ultimately, my heart is that, you know, I want to pray for their relationship with Jesus. And so, and, and really um, just kind of continuing, you know, just having that time of just pouring that out to God. And I think that's the only thing that satisfies my, calms my worry is if I just bring it to God in prayer. Um, uh, of course, you know, sometimes weeks go by and I haven't really prayed about that thing that's worrying about me or worrying me. So of course I got to kind of come back to the Lord and, um, cause our tendency is to worry of course, but I think prayer is what keeps me from worrying, but it's going to be this constant thing because worries are always going to come up. So 
So what kind of role have um, your friends played in the midst of your motherhood and wifehood? Um, have, how have they borne your burdens and uh, what kind of encouragement would you give to someone who um, maybe struggles in their relationships? What's the positive thing about having friends, in other words? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know how I would have uh, really um, kind of gotten through some of the harder moments of motherhood or even in my dancing years without just um, not a huge support system. I think um, just even a small, just close-knit support system. Um, My mom and my sister and sister-in-laws especially have um, been a huge support system for me. And then now, yes, there's just, I think God strategically places these little gems of friends in our lives um, who who just are so supportive, encouraging. I think there was times where I thought I don't have those friends in my life. And I think, um, uh, even praying about that, you know, God surround me with a couple of really close girlfriends who, who, who are like-minded or, or who we can kind of sharpen each other and be there for each other. And so, and he's always been faithful to provide that. But, um, yeah, I think there's nothing like being able to, um, have that, time to just visit or, or vent or pray for each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be honest and, and help each other for sure. Yeah. I've, I've been finding it more and more that we, we really grow through our relationships. And so it's great to have other people also just to show you that you're not crazy when you, you are, you know, battling something frustrating and you say it out loud and you think you're the only one. And then you realize everybody has that same struggle. It's kind of nice to know. It's helpful. Well, tell us a little bit about um, your journey toward, writing a book. Not everybody wants to do that, but um, for those that do, it becomes like this crazy compulsion like me, you know, like, oh, I'll just write 35 books. No big deal. Uh, But tell us a little bit about the why of that and the journey of publication. Sure. Um, Well, it actually started in those years of of dancing professionally when I felt really lost. Um, And I would actually literally go to bookstores looking for... um, a Christian book that would um, help me where I was. And also I actually was looking for some, um, a book that was written by a dancer that would kind of understand my world. And and I never found that, but it was a little seed that I feel like was kind of there that I didn't really know what, what it was, but I was really looking for that. And then, but of course I found so many books that, um, I mean, books and journaling are my way of really, um, books about the Lord, um, but in journaling or how I connect with the Lord. And so, so many books kind of mentored me, like a lot of these Christian authors, these women were like mentors to me in some of those years where I felt really lost. And so I really just journaled um, for years. And it wasn't like I was journaling because I thought I want to write a book one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> journaling because it was the only thing I knew um, really that helped me deeply connect with God and helped me learn and process and grow. And, and so I journaled probably, um, probably 15 years before I even thought I want to write a book. <laughs> um, and so, um, and then, um, about five years ago, um, I started instead of writing, uh, I was journaling, but I also started actually writing devotionals for dancers in my journals. And I didn't tell anyone. I just wrote these secret devotionals <laughs> and they were for myself kind of. And I thought I, I didn't ever once think maybe I'll 
let somebody read these. It was just for myself. And and then I'll never forget one day I actually took them. And this was before like Facebook and, and, and really the internet was very big. And so I actually took them to my desk and typed out a Word document. And all I remember, I mean, I didn't share it with anybody. I just typed them out and it was so fun. And I just, it, it was just like almost like this exhilarating feeling. Um, and then like years later, um, um, it was after my third son was born and after the ballet company unfolded and I started seeking the Lord um, and kind of going, what do you want me to do kind of from here on out and um, moving forward? Um, I just felt these little desires pop up as I was pressing into the Lord to write. And it was like very subtle, these tiny little hints and and it, and it like almost kind of nag, gnawed at me. Um, and so anyways, finally, five years ago, I expressed it to the Lord and just kind of said, I know this is so crazy, God, but I just kind of feel like I would like to um, help women in the way that so many Christian authors have helped me. But I don't even know what that means, you know, and um, and I but I just kind of said it out loud to the Lord. And then I said it out loud to my husband and he was so encouraging, even though not, neither of us knew what that meant. Um, and then from there, it became, I mean, it took years to find, it, it was researching and all this stuff to figure out how you even do that. Um, but then, of course, it took years for me to find the right agent, even to decide if I wanted to self-publish versus traditionally publish. Um, so just, it was just a really long, slow journey. But I think... Um, the sweet part, I think, for maybe your listeners to encourage them is that I do think God kind of drops hints to us as to how he made us as we seek him. And I think that's really sweet. It, he didn't give us this laid out plan, you know, um, but he gives us these little subtle hints of direction and uh, affirmation as we press into him. And that's kind of was my journey. It was slow and long, but it was sweet. So many times people just want to like hey, I'm going to write a book and then they write it and then that's it. And it's quick, but we don't hear so much about the longer journey. And I think there's something beautiful about marinating your life and marinating a text before it gets out into the hands of others. So when what's the title of the book and when will it be released? Okay. The title is called Dreaming with God. It's a bold call to step out and follow God's lead. And it releases in just over two weeks on February 6th. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. So what kind of advice would you give to someone who maybe feels like their dream is, is dead? Like they don't have a dream and they, and they almost feel like, well, to dream with God, I, I'm just, it's not going to amount to anything. So why even try? That's a great question. Um, well, I would, you know, and that's such a great point that you make, Mary, is that a lot of, you know, there's, there's kind of two different camps. Some of us we know what we want to do and who we want to be, or we, or we maybe even feel like we know what God made us to be. And so we're kind of on this track of following it. And then there's a whole lot of us, and this is how I was, that we don't know at all <laughs> what our dreams are, or, or even I think as we grow up um, and we, you know, the realities of life and, and responsibilities take over. So we even feel guilty for dreaming. I think a lot of moms feel that way, or I think a lot of women who have serious responsibilities, it feels kind of maybe um, little girlish to still be dreaming. And, and I know I asked God so many times, is it time to kind of turn off the dreaming switch of my heart? And 
Um, and I would just encourage, and, and that's what the, the book really invites women to kind of um, get excited again about dreaming with God. Um, but I think the difference um, from the world's view, you know, the world is going to say, chase your dreams down. You have to make it happen. You have to manipulate it and figure it out. Um, those types of messages. But then scripture is just this constant echo of be still, wait on God, trust God. And so it's really taking that point of view and, and what does that look like? And, um, and I just, I want women to whatever season they're in, whether they're a young woman, an older, wiser woman, you know, to realize that if you're still on this earth, God has plans for you. And the thing is, he just wants to lead you. And and the thing is, too, is we don't have to have the plan figured out. Um, and even if you don't know what your dream is, as you seek him and start talking to him about it and asking him about it, he will plant these little seeds and, and little um, give us little nudges of direction. I love that. So as you look back over the past 365 days of this year, of um, 2017, I guess, would be the question, how has God given you a new story or how has he restoried you? I love that question, by the way. I love <laughs> Thank you. The word restory, I think it's so neat. Um, I think for me, God has restored me by helping me find my footing um, as his daughter um, and as um, a girl who feels confident that God really does have sweet, precious plans for me. I think I was really wobbly for a lot of years, kind of like we talked about earlier when my story felt like it was shut down and my dancing story. Um, and so, um, this year, especially, I think God has, um, showed me that he really is leading and he, um, really is guiding me every single day. Um, and, um, it's given me kind of a, uh, a stronger confidence that he's with me. And, and that's just kind of almost like a restart and a re he's just restored me in that way to, to see that he's really leading. I love that. I think that's super important. And that is a great answer to that question. I really appreciate it. Um, I think we all can relate to that feeling of being unsettled and then having just that settling of the Lord. So thank you so much for sharing that today, Sarah. And thank you for coming on the Restory Show. I so appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a blessing to be here. So thank you, Mary. Thanks for listening to the Restory Show. Do you mind if I pray for you? Lord, thank you for Sarah Beth's story today and uh, just how beautiful you are in the everydayness of our lives. And I pray for those today who are struggling in just the day-to-day, -day, the mundane, the, um, you know, maybe in motherhood or fatherhood or just the busyness of a job. Would you just be in the middle? Would you open up our eyes to see the dreams that maybe you have for us? And for those who have kind of let dreams die, I pray, Father, that you would renew in us a desire to dream, that you would help us to let go of the sarcasm, to let go of the glass half empty, to let go of, well, it's never going to work because it never worked before, to let go of that laissez-faire attitude, to let go of, um, oh, well, nothing ever good happens to me, so why even try? So, Lord, I pray for a new attitude today about our dreams that we would live in holy expectation of what you are going to do. And instead of giving up, that we would uh, 
dig in our heels and uh, determined to hear from you about what's next and determined to obey you for whatever you have that's next for us. So Lord, give us that those guts that we need to pursue the dreams that you've placed in our hearts. I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so uh, for you listeners of The Restory Show, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And today I am recommending my book, uh, The Day I Met Jesus, which you can find in the Audible store. And it is the revealing diaries of four women from the Gospels. And boy, did those women have dreams and uh, hard dreams, good dreams, and a lot of conflict in their dreams. And it's just so fun to be able to to interact with women of the New Testament. So that is an uh, also as an audiobook, and I would love for you to be able to listen to that. So to download The Day I Met Jesus, go to audibletrial.com forward slash restory show, and that'll make it free. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash restory show for your free audiobook. And uh, if you'd like to leave a review for The Restory Show, that would really help it uh, to get into the hands of more folks. And uh, if you have a story that you'd like to share, you can go to marydemuth.com and on the right-hand side, you will see a little microphone. On that microphone, you can click it and record up to four minutes of a story. So if you'd like to know more about today's show, just go to restoryshow.com for the latest information on this episode. And may you live a brand new story this week.